This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 140. Johnny, this is a different kind of a start to our episode. Yeah. Where's Angela? We're... Angela, we miss you. Angela is back in Iowa, and Johnny, you and I are in a different place. We are at yet another remote location. We love our remote locations. For the 200 Churches Podcast yeah. studio. We are in lovely, beautiful Vail, Colorado. Vail, Colorado for mm. for a... A retreat, a pastor's retreat. Yes. Here we are. It's not super secret either. No, you no, it's not secret at all. You can see a mountain out our window. It's beautiful. It's it's incredible, and the leaves are changing. I love it. We're at the Vail Cascade Resort. Yeah, look us up. In Vail, Colorado, and we just got here today. Uh, we're, uh, we're still a little bit woozle-ish from the drive, uh, and we just sat through all kinds of, you know, stuff. Stuff. With, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. It's good We're, stuff, but it's stuff, and you're tired, and you're exhausted. Yeah, and, and we've, we've just ordered food. We haven't Hallelujah, eaten yet. Hallelujah, amen. And so we figure we're going to do this the podcast. The last time we ate was Chick-fil-A at like 1 o'clock. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And now it's so it's okay. evening. And this is yet another very fresh. It's going to be warm out of the oven by the mm-hmm. time you listen to it. Mm-hmm. If you fresh. listen to this episode on Wednesday. All of these metaphors are about food. And if you're from Australia and you're listening to it. <laughs> On on Wednesday afternoon, yeah. you are getting it the hottest and the freshest. I love it. So, Johnny, I w- I talked to you and I said, "Hey, let's talk. Let's talk to small church pastors." Yep. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's what we do every week. Yeah. When you said that, I I kind of felt like, oh yeah, okay. But the reason I said that is, I I think sometimes we talk about stuff, and we talk about general ministry stuff. Yeah. And my heart was for this episode. To say to small church pastors, you men and women are awesome and you're in an awesome role. Go back to the ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. On the road here, you and I were talking and you said Michael Hyatt talks about, he has this thing that he talks about. He says, if you forget the why... You lose your way. You lose your way. Yeah. Thank you for helping me because I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but if you forget your why, if you forget your why, you lose your way. And the why of this podcast has been, has always been from episode 001, which I wouldn't suggest listening to, but it has always been about encouraging small church pastors, about saying, hey, guess what? You might not lead a huge ministry, a big flashy ministry, all these different kinds of things, but you lead an important ministry. And the kingdom work that you're doing makes a difference. It's important work. And you deserve to be encouraged and equipped and celebrated as small church pastors. So here you are listening to episode 140, and here we are talking to you. You are a small church pastor. You are indeed. And hopefully you're saying, yippee, uh, hooray. Uh, uh, what's another What's another exciting word? Uh Kazow. Kazow. Uh, Kabam. I'm a small church. Eureka. I'm a small church pastor. Why me? No, you know what? We're small church pastors too. We're in a church of, we're in a church, we're in a 200 church. You're outing us as small church pastors. Yeah, we're in a 200 church. This whole time we've been pretending to be such large church pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a 200 church. Well, I'm a large pastor of a small church. We're in a two, we are in a church of 200 people. It's a 200 church. You're a small pastor in a small church. I'm a small pastor in a small church. I'm a large pastor. Anyway, (laughs) we, we want to encourage you. Yeah, we live this. In your small church ministry. Because uh, every, Every person in your church deserves to belong to a great church. I love when you say that. In say a great, it again. Every person in your church, pastor, pastor, 
every person in your church deserves to belong to a great church. That's fantastic. And a great church isn't necessarily a large church. Nope. In fact, there's a lot of large churches that are not great churches. True that. A great church is a church where the leadership loves the people, the people love each other, and the gospel is lived out, and the kingdom is coming in the lives of those people and in the ministry life of that church in the community. That church could be 20 people. It could be five people. It could be 50, 100. It doesn't matter. You can have a great church no matter what size it is, and every person in your church deserves to have a pastor who loves them, who's excited about them, who's excited about the Lord, excited about the gospel, excited about what he or she can teach and equip with their people. Uh, you're, you're in a small church. You're in a great church. You, you know, can I, be in a great church. Yeah, I think it's so easy to think, oh, I've been in my church 10 years. It was 100 people when I got there. It's 100 people now. You know, what am I doing? It, first of all, it's not the same 100 people. And even if it's the same 100 people, like their same names, they're not the same people. They've lived stories in 10 years. They've experienced things in 10 years. You've made an impact in, in their life. In 10 years, they're not the same people. And so when we look at our congregations and just see, oh, the same 100, 250, whatever people, um, we're missing we're missing this opportunity to be great pastors of great churches. Now, we've got six things. Six things. Six things that we want to talk to you about. And the first one is this. In a small church, in your small church ministry, you have the opportunity to know your people. This is something that makes a small church great. To, to, today we met with we, we saw our denomination president yeah uh, here at this retreat fantastic guy we had him last year on the podcast at this very retreat center. yeah one of the things that he said was hey don't don't be trying to get some larger ministry or some online ministry or doing some big deal if you don't know the names uh, the, the names of the pets of your people <laughs> if you don't if you don't know the names of the family pets then you get to know those people so well, you get in those families, you get to know the family so well that you even know the names of their pets. Uh, That's fantastic. In a small church, you can do that. You can do it. You can really have personal relationships with your people. That's such a great opportunity. You know, today I was on the phone with my sister. My sister and I were talking about when we found out that our grandmother died. Mm. Literally 40 years ago, last month, this happened. And we found out we were both at home. I was in my bedroom. She was in her bedroom. And the pastor of a really small church that we had attended came to our house. He talked with our mother in the kitchen. It was her mom who had passed away. He talked with her. Then he went to my sister's room. I didn't even know he was in the house. He had already talked to my mom, talked to my sister, and and then come to my bedroom. Knocked on my door. He comes in, sits on the edge of the bed, and he tells me my grandmother died. We have to be honest, in the middle of my story about my grandmother, the delivery guy comes with our Texas burgers and fried ravioli. Oh my goodness, it was so good. We're, we're not going to eat healthy tonight. I am, I'm stuffed to the gills. It, and we finished it already. Now, Absolutely we did. Let me get back to the story. My point was that 40 years later, my sister and I are on the phone, and we're talking about this pastor of a very small church who was so kind and so pastoral and so shepherdly that he comes to our house, he comes into 
our bedrooms and he hugs us and he prays with us after he tell and he cries with us after he tells us our grandmother has died and he's never met her so he's got no personal connection with her you can do that you can know your people and you can minister your people in a small church in ways that you you just can't do it in a larger church and that helps to make a great small church i think that another great thing about a small church is that the flip of that is true and that you can know your people but then your your people know you you know and in some churches and the larger the church i think the more susceptible a church is to this and that's not universal right but just the more susceptible a pastor can almost become like the queen i.e a figurehead like yeah the pastor and it's right. almost like this pedestal situation and you know if you want to talk to the pastor you know you gotta send an email to the pastor's assistant and you maybe pass a like background check six months you can talk <clears throat> to the pastor in small churches man your people know you Right. And, you know, Jeff, we, I think we've talked, obviously we've talked about this on the podcast, but when Doug had his accident, um, the way that people could just rally around you and love you and support you, I, you know, people would have, in a large church, I'm sure people would have done that, but that was a personal, I mean, they yeah. knew Doug. They, they had been, they had, they knew Doug when he was like 10 years old. Right. Like, right. They knew Doug, they knew you. And it just allowed them to minister to you in a whole different kind of way. I, I just think it's a great thing to be known by the people you minister to. Yeah, and that can happen in a small church. Like you said, it can't happen in a larger church. Um, I've been to a larger church recently, and, and yeah, the pastor, he comes out into the lobby and he tries to talk to a few people, but a lot of people aren't going to talk to him. He's, he's, somewhat, he's somewhat unapproachable yeah. because of his, of his status and his stature in the church, now, in a small church, yeah, I know, Pastor, we wish we were a little more unapproachable, there's right? There's no stature. <laughs> I mean, we wish that there was, you know, there's all the, oh, there's a pastor. There's all, yes. Well, they, there's not. There's but not our people do. They, they do know us. They can know us. Johnny, we're up here, and uh, a guy back in our church, Steve, right? Steve knows that I was concerned about altitude sickness. So I'm coming to the room tonight, and you, you were already here, and uh, Steve's texting me. Hey, Jeff, how are you feeling? Yeah. You know, you don't. You wouldn't get that in the That's larger fantastic. church, but anybody can do that in our church. Yeah, they all have my cell phone number. <laughs> it's exactly right? exactly right. Everybody has your cell phone number. It's that total access. And pastors are people. And the second that you become a figurehead, the second that your stature outpaces, you know, like the reality, uh, it's like you stop being a person. And people, you can't. A figurehead can't minister. Maybe is what I'm right. trying to say. So the fact that your people know you. That's good for your ministry, and it's it's good for your church, and it helps make your small church great. Absolutely. So know your people, and and I, we want to encourage you get to know your people better. Absolutely. You never know them good enough. You know, I I want to say something about this because this summer, um, this summer, Jeff, you were out on sabbatical, you were gone, and uh, I had to get to know people in a way that I hadn't got to know them before, mm -hmm. like, think like where they worked and stuff. Like I, all of a sudden I realized like, I don't know where some of these people work. Like, I don't know what they do for a living. Like I, I don't know them as well as maybe I would have thought that I did. And so it was a good learning experience for me. It, it really, really was. And it showed me a gap, you know, because quite frankly, you're going to have a hard time ministering to and speaking to people if you don't know them. Instead, I think you're going to be ministering at people and speaking at people because they're just faces. 
you need to get to know your people. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so know, know your people. Know your people. Your people know you. Be known by people. And the third thing is that you get to do hands-on ministry, almost like a first responder. Now, the, the story about you know my grandmother's passing would have fit well here. Yeah. Absolutely, it would have. It would have fit really well. But in a small church, you can go right to somebody who goes in the hospital, you can go there. Yeah. Somebody has a crisis, you can go there. Somebody wants to see you, they can come to your church, and you can be a first responder in their lives. Unlike in a larger church, you, you you would never be one of the responders, right? You've got layers of people sure. in there. You've got you know people that are trained for pastoral care. You've got maybe lay elders. Lay pastors. The organization is huge. It's it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, and so you never really get to them. But yeah. in a small church, you can do that. And you know, Pastor, we do. Yeah, we don't like it either when you got to live from crisis to crisis. You go from one crisis, and while you're tending to that crisis, another crisis happens, and you're you know it'll it'll shoot a whole week if you're not careful. Yeah. But you get to do that in a small church. You get to have that personal first responder status with your people. You know, if you got in if you didn't get into the ministry, maybe I'll say it in the negative. If you didn't get in the ministry to help people, to touch people's lives, to be that kind of first responder, why did you do it? Why like what Well, for the office, really. And the money. Well, the money, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> we got to fleece the flock. But I was telling no, I was just telling the story today <laughs> that that I was I was my first year of law school, first and last. I was in my first year of law school. And I wanted to help people. I thought, I want to make a difference in people's lives. At, at their lowest point, I want to be able to come alongside them and do something and help them, right? And I realized instead that a lot of what I was going to be doing was bureaucratic paperwork. I mean, realistically. And now, there's nothing wrong with lawyers. I know a lot of really fantastic lawyers in the world needs lawyers. But it wasn't for me. Because I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to be in contact with people. Working at a small church, I'm not a CEO. I'm not, like, delegating helping people. Like... I get to do the thing that I really wanted to do in ministry, and that is hands-on helping people and just like life-on-life ministry type stuff. It's a blessing, and it makes your small church great. So the fourth thing about fourth. small churches. Now, I'm, I'm kind of proud of this fourth thing because I named it the Experimental Ministry Lab that our church gets to be. <laughs> yeah, that sounds kind of corny, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. But but our churches really are. It, it's a lab. It's where we work. It's where we it's where we yes. test things out. It's, it's where, where we, we try new yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And it's a laboratory. It's not it's not a what's the opposite of a laboratory? Uh, a classroom. Uh, yeah, there you right? go. Right? Where you just sit and talk. You know, all talk, no action. In a laboratory, you're like Dr. Frankenstein and I'm like Igor. And we get well, to like mix it up. Is Igor like the the bad weird one? He's like yeah, the yeah. That's right. That's you. That, I was taking the Igor. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> one of your eyes is hanging out in your cheek, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah but it I, is. It's I, like I, this experimental laboratory, and you can make stuff in small batches. You can try new things. You can do interesting, unique things. That maybe if you were a larger church, it would take tons and tons and tons and tons. Well, you got to clear it all first. You got to clear it. You got to have the meetings work. before the meetings, you get, conversations. Like, all the staff people lined up and figured out, and it's just like a mess. It's a bigger ship. But there's, yeah, it's a bigger ship. I mean, I know we've talked about the ship size before too. You know, it's the same idea with this experimental laboratory. But here's here's some here's some things, right? We did an outdoor service this weekend. It's the set, two years we've done an outdoor service now. And it's difficult 
there's there's certainly things that need to be handled. And Steve, you mentioned Steve. Steve, uh, he's a, he's a listener of the podcast. Steve, great job on the outdoor service. He got everything set up. There's a lot of that stuff to do, but you can try something like that without it being like a, I mean, huge massive undertaking of like moving the Death Star proportions. Right. Right. So you can try new things like that. Uh, you know, we do Sunday dinner for college students. And it's just like the small groups make dinner for college students. And it's a little thing that we do. And it's fun and it's nice. And you have more people. You have a bigger ship. You have all this different kind of stuff. It's going to be a lot harder to do something like Who, that. Who's our buddy in southern Iowa that does the sermon brain dump? That would be Scotty Dalen. Scott Dalen. Scott Dalen. He just gets on YouTube and he just gives this. He just talks about the sermon that's coming it. up, and it could be it could be seven minutes, it could be fifteen twenty minutes, and it, and his congregation looks at that and they're ready to come into the Sunday morning service and listen to what's going on. And you know, I suppose I suppose a large church pastor could do that. I've yeah, never. You'd have to tighten it, and I, I've never really heard of anybody it. doing it. Yeah, I haven't really either. So kudos to Scott Dalen. Yeah, that's fantastic. At the Lutheran Church in Underwood, Iowa. Good job, Scott, on the brain dump. And another thing, John, and we talked about in, in this whole thing about that small church is a lab, yeah. is that we can involve people quickly in a small church. We can grab somebody. We can give them an opportunity to serve. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to do something maybe that somebody else isn't doing. So anything that they do in that area is a win. Whereas in a larger church, there's already people doing a lot of those things, yeah. and it's hard to break in. And then they got to worry: Are they going to do it, you know, acceptably? Is it going to is it going to hit the uh, you know the priority status that somebody else is going to have for right. it? And so, in a small church, you've just done it. The very fact that you've done it, you've tried it out, you've attempted it, it's yeah. already a win. It's great. You're nimble. You can try stuff. You're experimental. You're great. You're great, small church pastor. Good for you. All right. The the next thing, the fifth thing, is that we have an opportunity, and this I love this one, Jeff. I love this one. We have an opportunity to be truly, authentically yes. friendly. Oh, I'm always that, though. Yeah, but like your church has an opportunity to be that. No, we were just <laughs> on our way. Ah, I got you. To so the congregation. The congregation, yeah. On the way to Vail, Colorado. Beautiful Vail, Colorado. Did I say that you can see a mountain from our window? Anyways. On our way to beautiful Vail, Colorado. We're, we're in the mountains, John. We were, yeah, yeah. We were in the car. <laughs> we were in the car with your uh, daughter-in-law, Samantha. Right. And she was talking about uh, she and your son, had they, they had lived in Des Moines, and they had tried out some churches. And she said they tried this one church. Don't I've, name it. I'm not going to name it. I've been to the church you myself. You were going to name it. I was not absolutely not going to name it. <laughs> I've been to the church myself. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very nice church, and it's larger, uh, but it's a nice place, and it's a large church. Um, she said they went there for like three months. Seven months. So she, say she said seven. seven. She said over the course of a year, they went there for like a total of like seven months. Good gracious. And nobody ever talked to them. Nobody ever nobody talked did. to them. Because, because quite frankly, nobody knew if they were new, old, off the street. Like, right. They didn't know. They couldn't spot the visitors among them. Like at that size, you everybody's a stranger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can't do that in a small church. In a small church, you have an opportunity to make people feel welcomed. Not creepily. We've talked about that before. You know, personal space is important. <laughs> but you have an opportunity to be authentically friendly, to really be kind to people when they come to your to your church and make them feel welcomed. When you said creepily, I thought of the clown ministry. 
Yeah, no. That's a creepy ministry. If you have a clown ministry, I love you, God loves you, get rid of it. Oh, my. No, don't get rid of it. Just don't do it in a creepy way. Email us about it, and then we'll decide if you should get rid of it or not. Anyways, you have an opportunity really to be authentically friendly. This is something we hear so much. Look, I'll brag on our church. This is something we hear so much about our church. Everybody in my small group seriously said... Well, the thing, you know, I don't remember what made us come to Dover, but I remember what made us stay at Dover, and that was how friendly people were. It's how welcomed we felt when we came to this And it's not the greeters that go up and talk to them. No. Everybody talks to new people. And there's enough people at our church now that you really don't know. If If you're a regular attender, you're not really sure who's new who's newer, newest, not sure. that new. So you know what? You just talk to everybody. You just talk to everybody. You make sure you say hello to everybody. You know, what's your story? Where are you from? What's going on? And you're just friendly. And then people get connected. I think it's fantastic. So that's you have that opportunity to be really super-duper friendly. A small yeah. church can do that. You've got number six here. No, yeah, number six. You named it while we were writing these down, and I thought it was fantastic. The gospel that you preach in your small church is just as powerful, mm. just as phenomenal, mm. just as kingdom-oriented Go as the gospel in the larger churches. Amen, I amen, mean, amen. You, you've got the same God, the same Holy Spirit, the same Word of God, yeah. the same power of the gospel, power yep. of the Word of God, the same body of Christ uh, You know, it, as they gather to worship, and you can do the same spiritual ministry in the lives of people that can happen in a larger church. So you, you can have a great small church, a great church. You've already got a great gospel and a great God. You can have a great church with, with great people. It doesn't have to be large. And okay, all right, do we all have to have great churches? Yes. I mean, I suppose we don't have to have a, <laughs> in an egotistical sort of way. No, 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 no. You know, of course we don't have to have a great don't church. Don't we all want to strive but the body church of Christ great. is great. It's great. The body of Christ is great. It's phenomenal. And stop. We can't be talking about Donald Trump every single episode now. This is going to be going on for not, at least another week about. until he fizzles out. I don't know. So now come on. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. I'm here. sorry. Wait, let's name off all the candidates. No, no, let's move ahead. <laughs> so the gospel is just as powerful it's in the absolutely. church. Yeah. I mean, there's you you. You take a back seat to no other pastor on earth in terms of the power w- from which you preach from. You know, the source of the power and the authority of that power. With kids, we talk about there is no junior Holy Spirit. There's no right. Like, and there's no too small church Holy Spirit either. No. There is no small church power of God. And so that to me is like we couldn't put a better emphatic exclamation point at the end of this list than that one. Because that's like that's the whole thing, I think, right there. You have the same God, same gospel, same power as any other pastor in the world, and that right there is fantastic. That's great. So maybe, maybe you're having a hard time. Maybe as a small church pastor, it has been a struggle. Maybe it's been discouraging. Uh, maybe your family's having a hard time. Maybe you've got a kid who really doesn't like the church that you're serving in. Maybe you've got a spouse really doesn't like the church you're serving in. I mean, these are all struggles. These are all obstacles. These are all mountains that we all climb in ministry and in small church ministry. Today, we just want to tell you that as a pastor of a small church, 
you you take a backseat to nobody. Amen. In terms of being a servant of God and a person who is bringing the kingdom into this world, you know, as you know, thy kingdom come on and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And you are bringing the kingdom and God's rule and God's love and the gospel to earth from heaven with your preaching, with your love, with your shepherding, with your pastoral care, with your prophetic voice. I mean, you are doing this as a small church pastor. And we just want to encourage you today. Yeah. Do, don't be discouraged. Uh, okay, no. I don't like saying that. Cause no, but you know what? You're going to be discouraged. You're preaching right now, though, Jeff. You're, yeah, you're going to be so discouraged, don't but don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. It's important work you're what, doing. What you're doing is important. Now, again, 40 years ago, this guy who, now let me tell you, I would term this guy a failure as a small church pastor, okay? <laughs> and, and most people would look at the stats and deem him a failure as a small church pastor. They would look at his length of stay at the church. They would look at the number of people who perhaps left and didn't come while he was there. Okay. But his personal ministry in my life was a win. It was a kingdom win. And he encouraged me to know God and to love God in a way that nobody else ever encouraged me to. And he encouraged me toward ministry, and he encouraged me over the course of years. So, you know, I can be a failure in a lot of areas and in a lot of ways. But as a pastor, you always have that opportunity for God to use you in very, very significant ways. And this Sunday, when, when you're at church, look at the little kids. Look at the teenagers. Look mm-hmm. at the young couples. Look at the people and make that connection. Put a hand on their shoulder. Put your arm around them. Get, you know what? Give them a hug. Take them aside and pray with them. Just love on them. You have the opportunity to do that as a pastor. And it's an awesome responsibility and an awesome privilege. Jeff, I, hey, when you get rolling like that, nobody should get in your way. That's fantastic. I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> and and I would and I don't have anything to add because it was perfect. I if, if you're a small church pastor, rewind that and listen to it every time you're feeling down because that's absolutely right. You're doing important work and you're making huge impact in people's lives. So, with that, I want to say thank you for listening to the 200 Churches podcast. You are a listener. Uh, perhaps you've gone on to iTunes and you've left us a, a rating or a review. Or perhaps you've done nothing like that, but you listen to most of the episodes because they're helpful to you. That is so encouraging to yes, us. absolutely. Now, we could use this goofy technology, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. But pastors can listen and be encouraged. And you know what? Share it with another pastor. You've got a pastor friend somewhere, whether it's next door or around the world, share it. Send them a link. Send them a link to one of our episodes. And, and share it because uh, it's free. You know what? doesn't cost us any more if, if, if three people listen to it or three million people listen to it. And it's, it's no more work for us. So, hey, <laughs> spread it around. It's, uh, it's generosity can be free in this case. So, Johnny, land the plane. Land the plane. I hope that we get one or two interviews done with some other people while we're here to get them out to you. No oh, we promises. Will. We will. Oh, Jeff just made a promise. Oh, we will. We got the studio set up so here we'll in the hotel see room. You probably next week, also from lovely Vail, Colorado, on the 200 Churches podcast.
We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 Church.